My friends at Kevin's Worldwide is your full-service resource for branded merchandise. Kevin's is also one of America's largest distributors of promotional products and uniforms. You can reach them at kevinsww.com for the top brands of apparel and promotional products. And I mean, you can really reach them. Talk to a real person. Wow! So relax. From design to receipt of your order, you can be confident your imprinted product will represent you well. Contact them today at kevinsww.com. That's kevinsww.com. Thank them for supporting the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders, and professionals who seek excellence. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show. And along with my executive producer, Mr. D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides in this learning journey. By the way, you can learn more about me and the show by going to our website, which is MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. My special guest today is an old friend. I don't mean an age, in experience. Anthony Inarino is with me. Hi, Anthony. Hey, Marty. How are you? Hey, we're going to talk about your book, but let me do a quick intro. And uh, through the whole uh, discussion, uh, all the great things that are, are Anthony will come out. But Anthony Inarino is an international speaker, an author, and a sales leader. His acclaimed blog draws an average of 50,000 readers every month. Anthony leads a high-performing sales team, speaks to sales organizations nationwide, and teaches part-time at Capital University's Capital School of Management and Leadership. And Anthony has written a great book, and the title is The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need. I love the marketing behind that, Anthony, and welcome to the Business Builder Show. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It wasn't my title. My, I had a much more boring title, but when you work with a publisher, they think a title's a big deal. So. <laughs> well, and that's why, that's why you invest that money, to get that help, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's great. The book is great. I did read it. I have respect for you, Anthony. Uh, I follow your sales blog, and uh, you know I listen to your, your podcast, the In the Arena podcast, and... Um, so we're uh, kind of a mutual admiration society. But the book, let's, let's talk about the book. Why, why were you compelled to write this book and, and, and why now? Well, a couple things. So first, I was asked to write the book by a publisher a couple years ago. Hmm. And they said, we would like to work on a book with you. And do you have any ideas? And I said, yeah, I have this framework that I think is super useful. And uh, I shared it with them. And I wrote not a book proposal, but I really wrote most of the book and I handed it to them. And as soon as they saw it, they said, we hate this. We don't understand <laughs> it at all. We have no idea what you're trying to do. Oh, and nice. we want a sales book. And you start with discipline and then you go into optimism and caring. And what does any of this have to do with sales? Ah, and nice. I said um, to the acquisitions editor, I said, let me guess, you, you've never actually sold or managed a sales organization, have you? 
Uh, and he said, no. And I said, well, I've never published a book. So we're just going to have to decide whether or not we believe the other one knows what they need to know to be able to succeed together here. Yeah. And they pushed back and said, you know what, we would like it if you would write a different book and maybe just take one subject out of the second half of the book. And that didn't work for me. And I eventually ended up deciding to self-publish before Portfolio found me and said, yeah. don't self-publish, talk to us first. And here's the reason why. When sales managers and sales leaders and entrepreneurs look at their sales force, they think they, they make these big, broad, sweeping generalizations. Mm -hmm. That person's not a good salesperson. That person's not a hunter. That person's not this or not that. And they're looking at one attribute or two attributes. And they're saying, because of this, that salesperson isn't really qualified to do this job. And it's much more complicated than that. And as soon as I stand in front of sales managers and sales leaders with a whiteboard and show them there are certain mindsets, certain beliefs and behaviors, and there are certain skills, then we can start looking at, at individuals and say, this person doesn't have a problem prospecting. They have a problem with discipline. Mm. Or this person doesn't have a problem with prospecting. And it's not that they don't know how to do a, a, a good diagnosis. It's that they have no business acumen. Mm. So they're irrelevant to their clients. And there's these are all really deficiencies that make up a competency model. That's a boring way to say this, which is why we use the only sales guide you ever need, because it sounds a lot better than <laughs> a competency model for salespeople. Yeah. But it is, it is a competency model. So if you're deficient in certain areas, you can be great at the other ones and still struggle. Yeah. And what I wanted to give sales people is a tool that they can say, oh, okay, so now I know I'm deficient. I have something I can do about it. Yeah. So the book, as you know, is very action oriented. Yeah. And I wanted a book that when you give it to a sales manager, we'll look at it and say, I understand how to help my people. Yeah. I see the word guide as very, very important in the title. Yeah. Um, uh, because that's what it is. I mean, it's a uh, action oriented, follow this uh, format, which uh, again, uh, maybe I'll launch into this, uh, comment that I'll make is that uh, I feel very strongly that sales is more of a science than it is an art. And uh, I hope that doesn't take us off our discussion a little bit, but well, give me feedback on that. I, I think there are repeatable steps and I think you laid them out in the book. Uh, how do you feel about that? I, I think that there are skills that can absolutely be developed. And the pushback that I get from a lot of people is that the attributes can't be developed. Mm. And they would say things like, you know, you really can't, if you don't have self-discipline, you can't develop it. Well, mm. sure you can. Mm. And some yeah. people are super disciplined in other areas of their life. So one of my favorite people to meet in the world of sales is a bodybuilder who's impeccable shape but lacks discipline when it comes to prospecting. And you can see that they know how to be disciplined. Yeah, They eat perfectly. They exercise perfectly. It's just, do you care enough about that area to be super disciplined in it? Uh, and yeah, uh, and I yeah. do think that you're right. There, There's a certain amount of this that's art. And that is, do you know how to make good choices right. when you're sitting in front of a client? Yeah. But there's part of it that is more of a science. And we do know what we need to do to succeed. It's not a big mystery. Yeah. No, it's not a big mystery. It isn't. There are, there are steps. Um, that's why the word guide is so important. Now, you set the book up. Uh, I believe you intended to do it this way, but I, it hit home to me and I circled it. You say, um, well, I'm going to ask you, what, what, what do you mean when you talk about a mindset a skill set in a toolkit. Explain that to me. The mindset is the beliefs and the attributes that lead to your behaviors. And the reason that that's the first half of the book before we get to skill sets 
is because you probably have experienced this at some point in your life. You see somebody who knows how to close. They're great at prospecting. They can negotiate. They've got the business acumen, and yet they're still failing in sales. And you think, why would this person be struggling or failing? And it's because they lack the discipline Mm -hmm. or they don't care about other people. So they're other oriented or they're not resourceful or they don't take initiative. And I've seen more people succeed by just having the right mindset than by just having the right skill set. And my experience is the mindset comes first and that's what enables you to be so strong in the skill sets. But you still need the skills. We still need to prospect. We still need to know how to ask and gain commitments. We still need to know how to tell stories and diagnose and negotiate and all the other things that are important in a sales cycle. And then after that, we do need tools to support it. And that would be your sales process, your Mm -hmm. playbooks, your sales stack, all these other things. And I think that this book is part of that toolkit. Anthony, you've kind of reversed what is commonly accepted as sales methodologies. You've kind of turned it on its ear. Did you do that intentionally? Yeah, because we get things backwards. And because of the time that we live in right now, Marty, it works like this. First, I need to give them the great technology. And then I need to teach people about my product. They need product knowledge. And then if we have time or a little bit of money, we'll deal with skills. Mm. And we never, ever worry about mindset or beliefs or behaviors. Mm. And we have the whole thing backwards. Mm. There was an army colonel named John Boyd who invented the OODA loop. And if you don't know what that is, you could pick up the book Boyd by Robert Corum or just Google OODA loops, O-O-D-A. And basically, Boyd continued to say all the time, it goes, people, ideas, technology in that order. Mm. And in his time in the military, it was technology and then ideas and then people. Mm. And we just, we tend to get this backwards. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I'm speaking with Anthony Inarino and his book is The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need. Anthony, what's the best place to people connect with you, a website, or what would you suggest? Thesalesblog.com and of course, LinkedIn. TheSalesBlog.com and LinkedIn. And Anthony's last name is? I-A-N-N-A-R-I-N-O. So it's Anthony Inarino. The book is The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need. Okay, so you explained that to me, the mindset, uh, uh, a mindset, a skill set, and a, and a tools kit. Now, in the book, you explore uh, what you call 19 essential traits and skills that nearly all great salespeople have. We can't get through all of them today. Um, We started to talk about self-discipline. Let's go a little deeper on that. What do you talk about in the book in terms of self-discipline? Well, let's just give people something that's immediately actionable for them on this call. And I think where the publisher struggled to understand some of what I was saying in this chapter is, They thought it meant goals and goals are different than disciplines Mm. and disciplines are for my money more important. So a goal would be, I want to run a marathon. And so you exercise, you write, you run the marathon, then it's done, you complete it and it's over. Goals are really important, but I think disciplines are even more important. So a discipline says, I'm going to eat right and exercise and maintain my health every day. That that I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. There's no end date on it. I'm just disciplined about doing it. Mm -hmm. And in sales, it turns out, if you're disciplined about nurturing your dream clients, if you're disciplined about prospecting, if you're disciplined about follow-up, if you're disciplined about coming in and trying to create new value, you do really, really well in sales. And if you're undisciplined, 
in mm. these areas, you don't do so well. Mm. And this book, I wanted to set up this concept at the very beginning that if you get the routine maintenance down and you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing every day, uh, then you're going to succeed at all of the rest of the disciplines that are required for this book and all of the rest of the attributes, because it's really this, the foundational skill for enabling all the other skills. Talk to me about dream clients. Uh, you, uh, I've, I've stolen that phrase from you and used that <laughs> from years ago. Because uh, Let's talk about that. How, describe what you mean by a dream client. A, a dream client is a prospect that you can create breathtaking, earth-shattering, jaw-dropping value for. And who's going to be willing to pay you for creating that? So all prospects aren't created equal. And as salespeople, we tend to like to call on people who are receptive. But dream clients mostly aren't receptive. Mostly they're already with a partner and they are already doing good work with that partner. And it's going to take time and energy to win those accounts. But when you win them, they become your lifetime clients because they recognize the value you create. Mm. It's funny you ask that because the first when I hired an editor to work on this book with me, the first question they said is, what's a dream client? Am I supposed to know what that is? Mm. And I said, absolutely. And he said, well, you've used it four times and you haven't defined it. So mm. you 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 better define it first because it is a really important concept to the rest of the book. Yeah, and I so the first thing you talked about was self-discipline and dream clients and you've already said, "Hey, they're already happy." For the most part, they're bigger, they're typically bigger, bigger accounts and they're already happy. You don't just call them one time or at least most people don't. It takes it might take weeks, months, it might take years. So that's where this idea of self-discipline. And so I guess another point I want to talk about that you talk about in the book relating to this idea of dream clients is the idea of accountability. So explain to me what you mean by accountability. What's changed in sales over the last, I would say, couple decades, maybe a little longer, this long trend that we've been dealing with here is that you used to be able to sell something and you were responsible for setting up the product, setting up the service, or installing your solution. But that's not going to be enough now and in the future. It's not going to be enough to just be able to sell a product, a service, or a solution. Now you're accountable for outcomes. Mm. So if you sell an outcome and you say, I can help make your company more profitable by doing this, or I can help you gain market share by doing this, you're now responsible as a trusted advisor, as a consultative salesperson, for actually helping make sure that those outcomes are obtained, which means you're accountable at a much higher level than we've ever been accountable before. Mm. And I think that this is a big, big deal. I hear a lot of salespeople say, I want to be a trusted advisor. Well, you only need two things to be a trusted advisor, trust and advice. You need both of them. Mm. And if you can be counted on to do what you say, you can get the trust. And if you know what to recommend because you have a better idea of what comes next than your prospective client, then you have the advice. But you need both of these, and accountability is a big part of that. Yeah, and the word outcomes is critically important. Uh, you've, I think, a whole chapter um, devote to that, that you, I think you started out by saying, I sell. And, right. Am I right? I can't remember the chapter. Yes, blank. Yeah, yeah, well, talk to me about that, because uh, the whole word outcomes and that thought process, and again, that chapter says, I sell blank. And you go ahead and tell me more about that chapter. Yeah, it, I, I, I use this quote from Theodore Levitt to illustrate this point where he was a Harvard professor. And he said, people don't want drills. They want quarter inch holes, meaning if they could have the quarter inch hole without buying the drill, 
they would have it without buying the drill. And it's really a, a great way to think about your business. If you sell a product that's undifferentiated, it's very confusing for the customer because when they see everything looks the same, they're going to go with the lowest price. But when you start talking about outcomes, you move yourself into a very, very different realm. Mm. And really, that's what people want when they buy now. They want some partner who's going to help them own that outcome and help them achieve what they need. Yeah. So, so important. So important. So, um, I would think that, uh, especially we're pursuing these dream uh, clients, take some work. You got to be disciplined, you got to be accountable for outcomes. I would assume that you have to be willing to compete. And so talk to me about competitiveness when you're in that game, if you will. One of the things that I see go by on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on other other um, internet meme-oriented sites, I'll say with the graphics all the time, says, I don't want to be better than anyone else. I just want to be better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I love the sentiment. But in sales, it's a zero-sum game. So not only do you have to be better than you were yesterday, you have to be better than your competitor is today. Yeah. Yeah. Because someone wins the business and someone loses the business. So this isn't meant in a a hyper-competitive way where we're going to be dishonest and we're going to try to destroy our competitor. It's really a contest to see who can create the greatest value for the client and who can drive the best results. And when I win and I produce better results – then you, Marty, say, oh, I have to do something to leapfrog that. Then you do something that's better. Then I have to respond to that. And that's this big upward spiral of value creation that we've all been involved in in sales for a long time. But it's the competition where iron sharpens iron, where we all get better. But it is a zero-sum game. And I see too many salespeople who are failing because they don't understand that in every interaction with your client, you're trying to create a preference for you personally for your company, for your solution. It's about creating that preference. We can't just go through the motions. We have to know that there are a lot of people who are going to work just as hard or maybe harder to win that business than we are. Okay, you said in every interaction. You also talk about that in the book. um, There's more than just the close. Uh, We traditionally think of the close as the end of everything, but we don't think in terms of closing each step. Uh, Address that for me. You do talk about it in the book. I don't know exactly how you say it, but Every interaction matters, right, Anthony? It does, and there's 10 commitments, and um, you're going to see this again from me in the future, I promise you. But it's the commitment of gaining the person's time, the commitment to explore what change means, the actual commitment to change, the commitment to bring other people in and build consensus. And in every interaction, you want to control that process by making sure that you get the commitments that help you help your prospect move their opportunity to do better forward. That's really what we're trying to do when we do this. And you're right, there's been way too much attention paid to the final close. Mm -hmm. And you know this as well as I do, Marty. If you do everything right up into that point, asking for the business is the easiest commitment to gain. Mm -hmm. The ones that come before it tend to be more difficult. Like, can I have your time? And can we bring in the people on your team who are going to be involved in this decision? Those are much harder to gain. And every one of them has to have some value attached to them. The client has to see the value in what you're saying or doing. Um, I'm speaking with Anthony Inarino. His book is The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need. Anthony, tell us again the best place for people to learn more about you. TheSalesBlog.com or LinkedIn. Excellent. Um, I'm going to leapfrog a little bit because I want to make sure that we drive home this point. Um, I loved years ago when I first met you, and I love now when you wrote in the book, and you refer to something called business acumen. 
to me, that is so important, Anthony. So talk to me about what you write in the book about business acumen. And we'll come back to some other steps. But is it okay if we go down that road right now? Uh, it's probably one of the most important things to talk about. Okay. And when you look in the skill set section of the book, there's basically three different levels. The first level, closing, prospecting, storytelling. We've been doing that for tens of thousands of years. And then you get to diagnosing and negotiating. We've been doing that for a long time. But now there are three more skills. And business acumen is the first of those three new skills. If you don't know how to advise somebody on their business, you can't be a trusted advisor. Yeah. I said you need two things, trust and advice. There are a lot of salespeople who are being hired and being told that it's important that they're known, liked, and trusted, and yeah. they have product knowledge, but it's not enough. Yeah. And the reason they're struggling right now is they're missing the business acumen. So of all the chapters in the book, that's the one that I think is absolutely critical for young people, young people coming into sales especially to read. And that book is so prescriptive. It gives you seven things that you can do to build your business acumen because your company's not going to do that for you. And you have to go get that yourself, which means you have to learn how to think about business because how can you advise somebody if you don't know anything? Yeah, um, yeah. If you don't understand return, if you close. don't understand return on investment, if you don't understand cash flow, if you don't understand these kinds of things, how are you going to have a discussion, right? You, if you don't know that vocabulary um, that you just used, Marty, I mean, if you don't have the vocabulary to talk about business, yeah. you're not going to be interesting to business people. Correct. I think it's critical, very, very important. So at all of this, I mean, communication, we have to be great communicators. I know you feel very strongly about storytelling. And that, I think, is a skill that maybe a lot of us, uh, me included, sometimes struggle with. So how critical is it to gain that skill? And you help a lot in the book in terms of storytelling. So explain that to me. I think the important thing to know about in this particular case is what salespeople tend to do is say, let me show you pictures of our our executive leadership team. Let me show you where our offices are. Let me give you all these proof providers. But that's not how a story goes. A story says, when we found client X, this is their situation. And then they wanted situation Y. We wanted something completely different. And here's what we had to do to do this. We had to overcome this problem and this problem and this problem. And we struggled in this area. And this is what we learned. A good story has some obstacle that has to be overcome. Mm -hmm. So when we're telling these stories and we're teaching salespeople how to present, it matters that you can tell a story about how you learned what you learned and how you, you discovered this through problems and challenges. Because, And you know this because you've been in a boardroom. The questions that you get asked when you're standing up and presenting tend to be, what would you do if this happened? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what they're testing to see is, have you failed at this before? Did you learn something? Why do you think this is the right answer? Why should we think this is the right answer? And those stories are what builds a bridge between what we think we need to do and how that client perceives what we're going to do together. It's really the foundation of how we build the trust to go forward and work together. As stories typically have some heroes in them, who should be the hero in our story? In this story between me and you, it has to be you, Marty. Ah. No, it is, uh, it is always the client. And I took this from Nancy Duarte, who did uh, Al Gore's presentation on An Inconvenient Truth. She did the slide deck for him. And in her book, Resonate, she makes a very, very clear point that in the story that you're telling, your client is Luke Skywalker and you're Yoda. Yeah. And when we tell the story, we try to tell the story that we're Luke Skywalker. We're yeah. the hero in the story. Yeah. But you're not. You're the guide on the side 
that actually helps them get through their challenges. And really, that's such a powerful metaphor. I love it, and I used it in the book. Yeah, Anthony, you did a great job with the book, really, truly. Um, The only sales guide you'll ever need until Anthony finds something new that he can share with us on the sales blog uh, or on his uh, podcast. And uh, the podcast will be coming soon, coming back soon, or is it still active, Anthony? Talk to me about your podcast. It's active. We're in a hiatus while we did the book launch, but we'll be coming back in a couple of weeks. And you will see another book uh, August of next year, which is due to the publisher on December 1st. So uh, you'll be looking for that soon. Yeah. I mean, part of the uh, business acumen is to listen to In the Arena podcast. And I would hope that people are listening to the Business Builders Show because I think I'm confident that we're adding to business people's acumen and salespeople's salesperson's acumen. So, Anthony, I need to wrap up here, but um, what what point do you want to close with there to uh, make it, uh, you know, uh, something we'll always remember? This this would be it. Selling is not something that you do to someone. It's something that you're doing for someone and with someone. So one of the reasons I wrote this book is so that you could be a better who I'm doing business with. And when you become a better who, then it's easier for people to buy what you do. Profound man. Anthony Inarino has been my guest. His book is the only sales guide you'll ever need. Uh, Check him out. Subscribe to his The Sales Blog and subscribe to his In the Arena podcast. Learn from Anthony. He's the real deal. Anthony, thanks so much for being part of the Business Builders Show. Thanks for having me on, Marty. Uh, My pleasure. So you have been listening to the Business Builders Show. We appreciate you listening and learning with us. So on behalf of myself and Mr. D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, have a great week. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. My friends at Kevin's Worldwide is your full service resource for branded merchandise. Kevin's is also one of America's largest distributors of promotional products and uniforms. You can reach them at kevinsww.com for the top brands of apparel and promotional products. And I mean, you can really reach them. Talk to a real person. Wow. So relax. From design to receipt of your order, you can be confident your imprinted product will represent you well. Contact them today at kevinsww.com. That's kevinsww.com. Thank them for supporting the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf.